If you spend enough time in certain parts of the internet, these sounds will conjure up quite a vivid image. The flashy noise of modern Japanese pop culture attracts many people not only domestically but also beyond. People who enjoy Japanese pop culture are today identified as weeaboo. But what exactly is a weeaboo? Someone who's interested in Japanese culture to the extent that they almost glorify it too much. Someone. Who likes a particular element of Japanese culture? For someone who's obsessively into Japanese culture? Weeaboo, like many other terms on the internet, had quite a continual and ambiguous evolution. It finds its origins in the early 2000s, with the combinations of the words wannabe and Japanese to form Wapanese. Through anonymous online forums, the term eventually transformed into Weeaboo, which is still used to this day. Those who are unfamiliar with the term might wonder what exactly the issue is with being a fan of another nation's popular culture and question whether or not it warrants its own term. Those who have heard the term, however, an image is probably created in your head. It's possible that this image is a negative one. If so, I'd like you to hold on to that as you try and unpack the hidden elements behind the term weeaboo. I spoke to members of the ANU Japan Society and Kabuki Society at a celebration event for the new Imperial Year, Reiwa. I first spoke with Peter Gravestock. Peter studies arts and Asian studies at the Australian National University and is passionate about Japanese popular culture. I'd like you to quickly tell me what is a weeaboo? To me, weeaboo. That term can mean a lot of things. Certainly, I, I think it's mostly used as a, as a pejorative, and it can often imply someone who's interested in Japanese culture to the extent that they almost glorify it too much and don't actually get a proper appreciation for how the language works, what the culture's like, won't acknowledge any of Japan's problems or actually have further learning, but still think of themselves as an expert and push that onto other people. That's the really harsh definition. But I think in, in common usage for people like myself who have studied Japanese a bit more in depth than a lot of my friends who do hopefully not fall into that category, we will still call ourselves weaves and each other, usually in a sort of joking, ironic way. Like many terms on the internet, I guess it kind of falls within a grey zone. Mm. And there is not really a set in stone definition. Mm. Definitely there are two ends to the spectrum. Would you identify to perhaps the more casual, ironic sense of the word, perhaps? Yeah, so it does mean my enjoyment of Japanese culture does form one part of my identity and not an insignificant um, part of my identity. It does take up a lot of my time, both academically at university and also in my free time, what I choose to choose to do. So I think that's all that's all part of the uh, part of the package of being being a, a weaver in the sense of how it would apply to me. We then move the conversation into a more academic light and head towards the difficult topic of Orientalism. I ask Peter how he would respond to claims that there are perhaps similarities between Orientalist attitudes and the stereotypical negative traits of a weeaboo. 
Yeah, so a lot of the the weirdo stereotypes, it's someone who sort of thinks of themselves like a samurai and talks about like glorious Nippon or that that kind of things, and they really glorify Japan and won't admit any of its problems at all, and just think of it as superior to their own culture in every single way. I don't think there's actually very many people who are actually like that, and certainly the majority of people who are labeled weirdos, such as myself, have definitely studied a bit more in depth about Japan and will very willingly acknowledge the complexities and some of the issues involved there. In terms of orientalism, it really, it yeah, it depends how you how you come about it. We're a very increasingly globalized world, and learning like we have all these great opportunities to learn about and appreciate other cultures and. There are good things to take away from another culture, and if you're promoting this exchange and continuing to be willing to learn and listen and explore different ideas, I don't think that's that's really a negative. As long as as long as you're willing to look at those those nuances and be open about it, I don't I don't see focusing on another culture as a negative at all. In fact, I think it's quite a positive thing for people to do. Following my conversation with Peter, I then spoke to Antigone Bradshaw. Antigone studies chemistry and is, like Peter, a fan of Japanese popular culture. So I'm sure you're familiar with the terminology, but how would you define weeaboo? I would define it as a derogatory term that refers to someone who's obsessively into Japanese culture and often puts it up on a pedestal and values it more than other cultures. So you think it's already kind of a negative term? Definitely. It's often used in a kind of insulting manner on the internet, at least. And I've noticed it being used more and more, just like in conversation. Yeah. But do you ever use it in a positive manner? Yes. Uh, if someone like suggests that I'm a bit weeb, I'll definitely own it. And I'll be like, yeah, I totally am. I love anime. I think it's great. So what do you consider yourself to be perhaps a bit weeb? I guess mostly just because I regularly watch anime <laughs> and I speak a fair bit of Japanese. But I wouldn't say that I'm obsessed with it like I might have been in the past. Antigone explains that her upbringing has played a large part in her interest in Japanese popular culture. Sparked by her grandmother's and primary school friend's passion, she has been surrounded by other people who are interested from a young age. So did your initial experiences with Japanese popular culture lead to further interest in Japan and Japanese language? Yeah. So once I started watching anime, I became more interested in Japanese studies at school and I continued that elective, like into middle school and high school, and I even did some outside tutoring in the Japanese language because I became really passionate about the language as well because it was just so accessible. Like, I could find all these anime on the internet and you could just, you know, watch it for free at home. Yeah, so that was all very exciting and new. What do Japanese people think of the terminology? Is it unpleasant for them to know that there are people out there who obsess over their popular culture? I spoke with Claire Okumura, who lived in Japan till age six and has continued interest in studying Japanese culture. So I've been talking to a lot of people, Claire, about the topic of weeaboo, and I wanted a Japanese perspective on kind of the concept. So how would you define the term weeaboo? Personally, I see weebs as someone who likes a particular element of Japanese culture and they try to enjoy it but they don't necessarily identify as Japanese. 
and this might be because either because of ethnicity or they might just not live there but they might have Japanese background but they still don't identify as Japanese so it, I see them as kind of an external person which is not necessarily a bad thing either. So why do you think there is that negative connotation around the term? I feel that some of the negative connotation might come from this heavy idealization that is put forward by some of these people. So they think that everything Japanese is amazing and there's no sensitivity to the issues of where Japan sits or where Japanese society sits either politically or socially and that can be seen as problematic. So I assume you have encountered people that perhaps could be classified as this negative way of viewing weeaboos. But would you perhaps put the majority of them in this category? Do you think that a lot of weeaboos or people who enjoy Japanese culture are insensitive to the significance of Japanese culture and history? Those who I have personally met and identify as weeaboos have not been this kind of stereotype, this negative stereotype of people who just love Japan because it's Japan and everything is amazing, blah, blah, blah. That hasn't been the type that I have met. Almost everyone I have met have this understanding of Japan's Japanese society and Japanese history and look at what parts of Japan that they like are reflected in well, pop culture here. And then also look at, but there is this reality of, which is, you know, no country is perfect. Japan certainly isn't. So they understand that reality and they don't idealise Japan, Japanese culture to this God-given arena or whatever. Claire explains, however, that her friends are mostly from a university-educated background and she can't speak on behalf of all weeaboos. This leads us to talk about whether it's fair to collectivise all fans of Japanese popular culture into this perhaps pejorative term, and whether or not this term is still relevant today. I also feel that may have been an old conception as well, because these days it's very easy to go to Japan or study about Japan, gain an understanding. If you go back 10, 20 years, 30 years, accessing that kind of thing was a lot more difficult. There was a very different perspective on how Japanese history should be studied, for example, um, how Japanese society should be viewed. As a Japanese person, how do you feel when people approach you and they have interest in anime and manga and so on, elements of Japanese popular culture? Yes. Um, I'm quite happy because personally it gives me a conversation topic, for example, (laughs) just in a very personal sense. Um, In a bit more of a broader sense, I'm once again quite happy that this pop culture is a global phenomenon. It kind of makes me proud. But it slightly worries me when that has kind of overwhelmed the person's roots. To unpack the hidden elements behind the idea... I spoke with Dr. Mark Jabot. Dr. Jabot is an expert on modern Japanese fiction, specifically the writings of Abe Kobo, and has had several published translations of authors such as Kawabata Yasunari. As a translator and analyst, he is experienced in the issues surrounding Japanese culture and Orientalism. We began talking about how the terminology, like many products of the internet, 
have little concrete definitions. So, beyond the specifics of being Uyibu and how they can be deemed Orientalist, I just wanted to ask in a broader sense what are some of the dangers of creating a hobby or your personal identity out of a foreign culture? That's a good question.、Um, I mean, on, on the one hand, any, any interest in it in a foreign culture is、uh, a good thing, I think.、Um, where it becomes a bit tricky, though, is where it, it becomes a substitute or, or a kind of means of escape. So, in that case, I think it becomes less about understanding and learning about and learning from that culture than it becomes an exercise in sort of projecting things onto that culture.、Um, so, for example, if someone, and, and this happens a lot, I think particularly with Japan, because、uh, at least when I was growing up in, in the States and so on, when I was a university student, it was difficult to think of two cultures. More distant from one another. This pre internet days, so the differences are even more exacerbated. So, people who I think felt that they didn't fit in to you know, mainstream American culture discovered in Japan, you know, and again, I think this is largely a projection, a society that they thought they would fit into. Until, of course, they go to Japan and then, and then everything falls apart. So, I think when you begin to project rather than try to learn from, Then that's where things get a bit tricky in terms of Orientalism and things like that. So often it's a question of, I guess, sincerity or how willing people are to genuinely learn about a culture. Right, right. I mean, I, I think that any kind of real international communication has to, in a way, it's kind of violent because it, it requires you to sacrifice some of your sureties about. you know, the way the world is and the way that you look at the world and what you believe is right and wrong. Real communication results in you know, both of those things changing. You know, your, your understanding of the other country, but also your understanding of your own culture and country. You have to open all of that up to question.、Uh, if you just approach a foreign culture and with, with all of your preconceptions and, and beliefs about the way the world is and the way it should be、uh, intact, then you're not going to learn anything. You'll only absorb those things that you already agree with. And then things that you don't agree with, you'll dismiss as aberrations or illogical or just plain stupid. And I think that happens a lot with people when they first encounter, you know, especially going from someplace like the States to Japan. Breaking down those barriers is, it takes time and it's, it's quite a painful process in some cases. Obviously, you can use the term weeaboo or Japanophile quite easily, but it is comprised of several people, with each、right. different person having different perspectives. Do you think it would be at all possible to draw a more concrete line as to where and what can、right. be defined as Orientalist? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult and it depends on, of course, how you define Orientalism. You know, if we're looking at it in terms of、uh, colonialism, imperialism, and so on, then Orientalism is part of a larger sort of state level project. And in that case, you know, individuals can be, let's say, racist. On an individual level, but again, I think racist and orientalist, perhaps there are some distinctions there. I don't know, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs. But I think, again, a, a key part of orientalism is this power hierarchy. So you can impose your views of, let's say, Japan on Japan,、uh, and you can act on that because you have that power. So if、uh, somebody's, let's say, an exchange student from an Australian university going to Japan, Uh, chances are they're not going to have any real power to impose their views. They'll just be looked at funny. 
but there is there is a sense i think where it can be problematic in that you know amongst orientalism i think a part of a key component of orientalism is the existence of what we could think of as an echo chamber so people say things about a certain country and then other people read those things and repeat them and then they gain currency amongst uh, people who ascribe to those views uh, we see this in many different parts of culture today unfortunately and so in that case i think that the quote unquote weeaboo culture could be problematic and and unhealthy in that it would perpetuate very misguided views of the target culture it is difficult to talk about orientalism and foreign sure. cultures without today acknowledging the concept of cultural appropriation do you perhaps think the term is relevant to weeaboos and modern popular japanese fiction <sighs> i mean it's interesting you mentioned this because i remember a few years back at the Boston Museum of Fine Art which has a, a really impressive Japanese art collection they uh, the Japanese government that is and, and probably the local Japanese consulate sponsored a special event where people could try on kimono and yukata and so on and Japanese clothing <laughs> and there was a lot of outrage uh, amongst uh, well local uh, Americans saying that this was cultural appropriation so the Japanese government wasn't allowed to allow other people to try on japanese clothing i mean it just seems a, a bit absurd to me at that point it's um, kind of imposing western yeah. values exactly exactly i mean it's it's a, yeah it's another kind of sort of cultural imperialism i suppose if you don't describe by our views uh, regarding cultural appropriation then you're wrong sort of thing cultural appropriation is tricky because it can be quite if not malicious then malignant my sort of general off the top of my head thought would be is if you take a culture and then you begin to reproduce it for some purpose whether it's you know economic or status or just because it's what you like to do without sufficient context then that would create misapprehensions amongst people who consume what you've produced them thinking it's identical to, you know, quote unquote authentic Japanese culture. I think that's when it becomes problematic. It's impossible to define the characteristics of an entire group as it comprises of many different people. The unifying factor amongst weeaboos is that they enjoy and frequently consume Japanese popular culture. The question of sufficient respect is necessary to ask and criticize. However, applying such to the entire identity is flawed. Different weeaboos have different ways of enjoying Japanese culture. And though it is true that some may provide insufficient respect and base their opinions on heavily biased preconceptions, so too do many pay due respect. If not all weeaboos are disrespectful to Japanese culture and pay sufficient acknowledgement to its significance, is the derogatory nature of it justified? Is it reasonable to paint all such fans of Japanese popular culture into this one pejorative group? <laughs>